Hey, I'm Stuart McLeod, CEO and co-founder of Carbon. Welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast, the show where I go behind the scenes with the world's top accounting leaders. Today, I'm joined by Katie Bryan, the CEO and founder of Propeller Advisory, a very successful multi-figure accounting business advisory firm based in Melbourne. Katie has been recognised as one of the top 20 CAs under 35 to watch and Receipt Bang's 2020 Thought Leader of the Year. She's a well-balanced business owner, mum to a newborn, wife, sister and passionate advocate for building the business and life her clients deserve. It is absolutely my pleasure to welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast, Katie Bryan. Katie, welcome. Thanks so much, Stuart. It's great to be here. A little bit restrictive mm-hmm. and we live up in... Lake Tahoe in in Nevada, and um, but my family and my wife's family are obviously still in Australia, and so mm-hmm. late notice, my mum was able to sort of um, you know take advantage of flights and everything that were sort of starting to open up. So uh, we thought we'd bring her. It's a pretty easy you know route to get down here, and so she loves the beach and the where where we are. It's, it was snowing today, so uh, <laughs> get her. You probably hopefully can't hear it in the background. It's a bit hard to find a podcast studio and put a meter, but um, the, uh, <laughs> uh, she, you know, getting to spend some time with the grandparents, uh, the grandkids at, um, you know, poolside and beachside, that's the plan. So it's worked out well. <laughs> so good. That's great. She'll be loving it. Yeah, she is loving it, actually. It's, we're just talking about it. It's obviously been really difficult, right? Like the, the uh, travel... Restrict. Have you got family, friends overseas, and how have you, how have you guys gone during COVID? <laughs> Not so much overseas, but I was living in Melbourne, and that kind of I think mm. was the worst lockdown city yeah. in a lot of the world. I think even yeah. so, that was interesting. Yeah. Um, and my parents and family were all in Queensland, so it was a long time in between seeing them. Um, and luckily, we. The borders opened just as I had my son and then they closed again. So, But we then oh. moved. <laughs> as soon as they closed, we moved to Queensland. So we're now in Queensland now, which is great. Right, okay. Whereabouts? Uh, Gold Coast. The very oh, unsunny yeah. Gold Coast today is pouring down. Oh, is it? Where, uh, whereabouts on the Goldie? Mermaid Waters. Oh, lovely. Yeah. Where are you from here originally? Melbourne originally. I grew up in yeah. Mount Waverley and, and when we left, we were in Hawthorne. Okay, yep. But I, I spent probably nine months living in Tugan as a oh, nice. single 23-year-old, right? That would have been fun. <laughs> it was a bit fun. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, sort of enjoyed this, you know, very un-Melbourne kind of Queensland surf life for about nine months. Yeah. The, the lack yeah. of culture was probably the, the biggest issue. But yeah, but uh, it was replaced with... You know, sun and and surf and everything, yeah, so that absolutely. that was good. But so I know I know mermaid reasonably well and Burley yeah. Waters. And... Seems to have gotten a little bit more culture, I think. Like I've been, I was in Melbourne oh, for close good. to ten years, <laughs> and it's definitely changed yeah. a lot. A lot of Melbourne and Sydney people live up here now, so they've brought a bit of the culture with them, which is nice. Yes, well, I mean, there must be uh, what half a dozen people I know at least, and you might tip the scales even further. Obviously, people from Melbourne that have just got sick of it, right? Like, I don't know. Just. Yeah can't have the government in your life every no. day and being fined by vigilantes, yeah, you know, from because you're five kilometres from home. It's not even three mm-hmm. miles. <laughs> no, mental. So I understand. I completely get it. I completely yep. get why. So you must appreciate having family close by then. I do. Yeah, it's great. 
especially with an 11 month old helps a lot yeah and that's your first it is my first yeah (laughs) and tell me please tell me how did propeller come about and what was the impetus and and how's business going what's tell me all all your life story all the things so propeller came about i think six years ago i was in melbourne i left the gold coast i've started out my career on the Gold Coast and then wanted to get into more of a corporate advisory path. Um, So went down to Melbourne and as part of that, I worked in M&A for both the industrial market and accounting and financial planning firms. And so I spent about a year and I think in that year I met with 100 accountants in Melbourne and I just saw the same thing everywhere, which was old (laughs) white men. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is. You don't have to go to Melbourne just for that. Though. No, <laughs> they're, no, no, they're no. worldwide. Let me tell. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> but there was no women. You know, there was not one single yeah. female-led accounting firm that I walked into, which I found really sad because there are so many yeah. female small business owners out there, and just yeah. as women, we communicate differently. It's just how it is. it is, and so I kind of went, you know what? Maybe I could do this, and so I put my business services hat back on and started Propeller Advisory which actually started out just as CFO services back when CFO services was just becoming something that was recognised, I think, in the market, Um, but quickly morphed into a fully-fledged accounting tax advisory. Yeah, and, well, let's explore it, and I don't know how to say this, but, like, as a a white middle-aged male now, you know, like, it honestly, I notice it probably nowhere near as much as you, and I don't ever want to think that I'm qualified to advocate for women in the industry or anything and I don't pretend to do so but we do as a company we do notice the industry particularly here in America I think hopefully Australia sort of balanced out a tiny bit more but it would be so well done on you know sort of the the women first advocacy because Mm. I think it's important and there's there's 50 percent of the clientele no doubt are are women in, in which you know communicate very effectively but it would be great to sort of balance that in other countries. So if you ever want to start US or Canada, please, please. Yeah, okay. <laughs> be the first. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, and you're yeah. right. In Australia, it has changed a lot. Um, since I started out, there's been oh, a significant number of female-led accounting firms open, which is great. And I think it's a testament to what technology has done for the industry. It's mm. allowed us, there's very limited barriers to entry, you know, like it's cheap for us to yeah. start. I started with a laptop in a crappy little apartment, no extra screen. It was literally just my laptop and a zero subscription and my G Suite account. And that's how easy it is now, which is great. Yeah, well, that's a really good point. Like the the affordance or the the equalisation of technology, well, the the, the technology has allowed equalisation in the industry and and that's Mm. a really important aspect, right? Like was expensive to start up 20 years ago. You did your server and you... CCH or MYB mm-hmm. licenses and and your offices and uh, you know it's probably fifty grand or sixty grand or seventy grand in now it's if you lease your laptop it's probably about three hundred bucks a month right yeah <laughs> you know? yeah that's right yeah but also the flexibility for again you know there's some stereotype in this I realise but the flexibility for women and mums in particular mm. uh, affording more flexible working workplace and working arrangements is really important yeah and having control i think of your own freedom really mm. which is a big motivator for me i knew 
that within five years, I probably wanted to start a family. And so my aim was to have a business by that point that could support me taking some time off and spending some time with my bubble, which I've done. <laughs> and, and how was that process? You know, was, was you, congratulations. Well done Thanks. on all your success because the firm has gone from strength to strength and, you know, the, the authenticity in, in the way that you market and the way that you go about everything is is amazing so congratulations okay, thank what, you. do you think what are the other catalysts for your success and the way that you want to construct your life what are the other things that have sort of helped along the way i think that as i mentioned before technology carbon is a great one it has allowed us to work remotely with our team which is dispersed all across australia and the world so that's very exciting but for me i think it was understanding and realizing that i didn't know everything and to rely on other people's experiences and what they had been and done before me to try to get, I guess, as much insight as I could without having to make all the same mistakes. I have made plenty, however. It's okay. It's okay. (laughs) So wise mentoring. I'm a big fan of wise mentoring. I started out as with Jamie Johns as a mentor. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. Pretty much like when I, I was looking at outsourcing or offshoring, I should say, into TOA. And I went onto Charles' website and I saw that Jamie Johns was on there as he had some staff there and I gave him a call and he said, hey, like, why don't I mentor you and we'll catch up once a month and I can help you with your business. And that was before Wise existed and he helped so much. And then Wise became established. Oh, I became one of the first members there. And it just kind of taught me all the things that I didn't know. Being when I was in business services, I had had maybe a four-year gap when I went into corporate advisory. So there was a lot capacity planning and position Mm. descriptions and how to have the ideal team and those sorts of things that I didn't know about that Mm. wise taught me which was awesome so I think that Mm. was great and then also just networking with others within the industry there I think that's been the best place Mm. for me to find out what apps to use what should my tech staff (laughs) be what are you paying your staff members those sorts have been really helpful (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what are you paying yourself? That's probably the most yeah, important. You've got, you got to make sure you're paid. And that was an eye-opener for, for me, you know. Like I had yeah, a guy okay. at Zerocom one day say, hey, you're not paying yourself enough. Your business isn't successful. And I went, oh, my gosh, you're right, it isn't. And so then it was a whole different ballpark for me into how do I grow so that I am paying myself what I should be paying myself rather than it just being all about my team. No, that's good. You definitely mm. you definitely need to do that. So wise mentoring Jamie Johns at Chan. I mean, these are... Yeah. Really great people that have helped champion the the online transition in Australia. What else did you learn from, can you point to some examples of perhaps some discussions and things that they really helped out? Yeah, so I think especially in regards to the ideal team and also that you can have an accounting firm with the ideal team that doesn't require you to be there working 40, 60, 70 hours a week. Yeah. I probably work in the business 12 hours a week now. I have Monday and Friday with my son. He's not in daycare yet. So I work when he's napping on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So <laughs> life is busy. And I focus yeah. on what I love in the business, which is the sales side and building relationships and those sorts of things. And I've got an amazing team by following the ideal team structure with a senior client manager, assistant client manager, team leader and bookkeepers and accountants that is just enabling me to be able to do that, which is awesome. And I think all of that's testament to what I've learnt through them. Oh, that's great. Mm. That's really great. I mean, we've discussed on this podcast before what success looks like in accounting and 
and I've expressed there is a, a perception difference or at least a re, probably even a reality difference, right? Like in in software, it's often grow, grow, grow. But And, and everybody, you know, us egotistical men can easily get um, caught up in growth for growth's sake. And I think some of the, maybe our customers skew towards towards a lifestyle balance, which yeah. I admire and uh, perhaps a bit jealous of sometimes. But I think accounting in particular has, has enabled a lot of people to have a lot of flexibility that perhaps 20 years ago they wouldn't have been able to. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And COVID, COVID just changed that mm. business. Like we suffered during COVID. We had a large hospitality client base. A lot of them unfortunately didn't make it. And so our growth mm. slowed down. And don't get me wrong, I'm very highly motivated by growth as well. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I don't mean to dismiss it in, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. completely, <laughs> but it's perhaps yeah. not top, top first, first, second and third priority for you, right? Yeah, that's right. No, it's about being able to have like a, great business but be able to be flexible and work the hours that I want to work and it works for me which is good well talk about COVID a bit and it sounds like you're concentrated in hospitality and that would have been mm. uh you know heartbreaking I imagine because I'm sure you've got great relationships with your clients and yeah. they were struggling during that time tell me how that was yeah, I actually, COVID was an interesting one for me because it was scary. We all were so scared, mm. right? The whole world was petrified in February, March 2020. Mm. And mm. I I made a discovery about myself, which was that I am very driven and very motivated by fear. Um, <laughs> and I kind of hit the ground running and was just, just wanted to be everything for our clients. And obviously that impacted mm. our growth as well because we're spending so much time giving free advice and just trying to help people through it, mm. um, doing their job keep mm. applications, those sorts of things, which we did end up charging for, which is good. But, yeah, it was heartbreaking, but it allowed me to build these incredible relationships with my clients, which I don't know that I would have done otherwise. Like I would have, but it might have been a bit slower. Instead, I was on the phone and I was calling everyone each week to find out how they were going. Is everything okay? Can we do anything for them? Now I have just this beautiful client base that really love and adore us. We've got, as Ed Chan would say, we've got a big emotional bank balance so we can make a little mistake oh. and we don't really care too much. <laughs> yeah, you can take some, you can withdraw occasionally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're right, there was a lot of suffering, a lot of hospitality mm. businesses. We had quite a lot, few um, gym owners and people like that and that went on for two years them not being able to open mm. their doors it was yeah just mortifying for them yeah yeah let's not get into the it gets no. me going <laughs> yeah and and you know what, what? you know what so <laughs> it was it was an opportunity for us to show that we're not just accountants mm. that we are more than that we are your support yeah. your business mentor which was really 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 good and through that process, I mean, what is the purpose for your firm? And, and is, did that become clarified further for you during COVID? I think I always kind of knew the purpose of our firm. And that was really to, I guess, help our clients to achieve what I've achieved. And that's to get some time back and to save on those sleepless nights. <laughs> and really just to, I think, help them to grow. I mean, propel means to drive forward and give onward motion too. And that's really always been our mantra, I guess, is that we just want to help you mm. grow. And that doesn't mean just your revenue. That means your profit, your cash, all of those sorts of things, which are so much more important. Uh, making sure that you understand your KPIs, those sorts of things. It's very, very important rather than just mm. focusing on the compliance side. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you feel like a bit of a therapist and a oh yeah, and a psychologist and accountant and a yeah. compliance officer and a, a grant filler outer and a... 
Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah, <laughs> definitely psychologist. I felt like that a lot. And I think my team definitely yeah. felt like they were just grants and writers. Yeah. <laughs> the government employees, essentially, yeah, without being exactly. paid by their... Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. That happened worldwide, right? Like accountants became overnight the facilitator for government mm. stimulus funds. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. And there was no... I don't think that we really received any of the recognition that we should have from the government because all of a sudden our workload where, I mean, you talk to any yeah. accountant, they're all pretty much at max capacity. Our workload then just blew out significantly and there was very little help from the government side to enable and allow us to be able to manage that extra workload. Well, in America, I mean, the, the I won't bag the ATO too much, but in the United States, the the rules literally changed you know, hourly. <laughs> These mm. poor accountants were mm. were checking the website, which would often be down. They'd fill in a grant for a client and it would change or the, the yeah. process would change or the bank, the list of banks that were able to support the distribution of funds. It, 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 it was just an horrific time for the whole industry globally. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah, it really was. And well, let's talk a little bit about growth then. Mm. What is your team size? How's your uh, geographical distribution? You just moved from cold old Melbourne up to yeah. beautiful <laughs> Gold Coast. What, where is your team based and have you got any offices? How do you think about locations and everything? Yeah, so we do. We've got one office in South Yarra in Melbourne mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. kind of like our base. That's where we started and that's where we'll continue to have, I think, quite a large presence. The majority of our client base is from Melbourne, but I reckon probably only 75%, 70% maybe. And then the rest is distributed around Queensland, Adelaide, Sydney, no one in Perth, no one in Canberra, no one in Northern Territory. (laughs) And so we have a virtual office in Sydney, visit Sydney quite often, especially when there's conferences Mm -hmm. and things on. And then obviously I'm up here. So, and I just work from home up here. I don't know. I'll wait and see what COVID does. I'm quite happy working from home. If I do want to get out of the house, I might go and check out a co-working space or something like that. Yeah. We also then have a large team in the Philippines and they all work from home also and would prefer to work from home. COVID hasn't been great over there. They don't have no. the health and the support that we've got yeah. here and in some other parts of the world. So they're all really happy to feel safe and working from home and protecting their families. Yeah, yeah, I get it. I mean, was the offshoring, outsourcing or insourcing perhaps, perhaps Mm. help me understand your model and the thought process behind the Philippines and how's that experience been for you? Yeah, I think um, from the beginning of time, I knew that I wanted to be focusing on the sales side of the business and didn't necessarily want to be in there doing the work. But when you just start out, you don't have much money. And so I didn't have very many clients. And the solution that I kind of thought was, oh, how about I have a look at offshoring? And I was so lucky in the first three of my um, staff members that are over there that still work with me are just fabulous. And so the first one in particular was fantastic. And then I hired the other two quite quickly in succession as we grew quite fast. But I just had a great experience from the beginning and they now help me find my other staff members, so people that they've worked with before (laughs) or people that they know. And so I know that they're good and they're reliable, which is wonderful, yeah. Are you taking staff off Jamie? (laughs) No, I'm not. (laughs) I wouldn't. (laughs) No, no, he'd be on the phone quick. (laughs) He would be, definitely, that's for sure. Is that, I mean, that experience sounds very positive for you guys. Yeah, yeah. It hasn't been difficult... Uh, language some, is fine. Yeah, language is fine. All that's fine. We've had 
one staff member over there that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And I knew that pretty quickly, but mm-hmm. didn't act on it fast enough. You know what they say, mm-hmm. high, slow, mm-hmm. fast or whatever. Definitely mm-hmm. did not follow that. But apart from that, like our experience has been really good. So I just think that it's about making sure that you're really diligent in the interview process. You're asking all the right questions. If they don't have the English that you need them to have, then don't hire them because it is so important, yeah. especially if you want them communicating with your clients like ours do. And then yeah. do there's account tests. Have you heard of that? They do a test for accountants and bookkeepers to see what their knowledge is actually like, and they're wonderful. So I would recommend making sure any future hires, whether they're where you are living or overseas, make sure that they're put through those tests. They're really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get an understanding of their industry capacity. Yeah. And so what what's in the future for you guys? What's where do you want to take propeller? What kind of business do you do you want to create? Yeah. So I think um COVID kind of helped us define a little bit more about who our target client is, who we want to be working with. And so I think through Propeller Advisory, we're focusing more on the professional services realm. Being in professional services ourselves, we somehow experts (laughs) in that space and find the conversations that we can have with those sorts of clients are really rewarding both for us and for them because we can deliver a lot so a large proportion of our client base are already professional services we're just going to try to grow that a little bit more Mm. i have also just launched a new business called propel her which is female focused. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Female yeah. focus and more on the, yeah, more on the business coaching side of things. But I brought together some amazing women from all different industries that our clients in Propel Her can bounce ideas off and use for help. And it just I think it's just created a bit of a hub and a network for women in business to I guess form a community. What was the genesis of Propel Her? Did did that come about through conversations with your clients? Just something you always wanted to do? Tell yeah, me. so it kind of actually came from my own experience mm. when I started Propeller Advisory and feeling very isolated and mm. very alone and not really knowing who I can go to when I had questions about what step to take next and those sorts of things. And then I met this amazing woman, Marianne Marchese, who runs a legal firm called Legalite. And she became a client of mine and we very quickly formed quite a close friendship and she became that person to me and I was that person to her where we were almost mentoring each other and we businesses were on a similar trajectory, we're hiring at the same time, our staff members now are pregnant at the same time, like we just go through things (laughs) together, which is wonderful. (laughs) But it gave me that feeling of having almost a business partner without having a business partner. So that Mm. was great. And we started doing monthly board meetings like you would in a big corporate We had an agenda and we went through it and produced management reports and went through those and understood how we were tracking against our budget and all of that sort of thing, which a lot of small businesses don't do. And so that's Mm. the premise of Propel Her is firstly providing that community to give a bit of support to women in business, but also getting them to get together once a month and have a look at their numbers, understand what Mm. their debtor position is like, do they have any taxes due, all of those sorts of things, which unfortunately when women come through my door, my online door. (laughs) Yeah, 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 virtually. (laughs) A lot of them don't know how to read a profit and loss and they don't understand what their balance sheet means. And so really I want to try to educate and help women to understand those things, which all business owners should. Oh, definitely. And 
So is there a, there's obviously a cross, you know, an intermingle of clients from both sides of the business. Yeah. Do you think these types of, you know, you wouldn't have started if you, if you agree with this, so it's a bit rhetorical. <laughs> What's been your experience as, you, as you've sort of, you know, built this Propel Her side of the business and the types of women who are probably, what I imagine, if, if they're, you know, seeking you out, they're highly intelligent, they're very passionate mm. about their businesses where are the gaps? And by the way, the fact that a business people can't read a profit and loss is not is is probably many women more than men can read this, oh, right? Yeah. So, but I imagine that there's a there's a gap there, right? There's a insecurity perhaps around you know this gap in knowledge that you're helping. Yeah. Is is that fair? Is that okay? <laughs> yeah, no, that's a hundred percent it. Like it is. It's a gap. I think what we find is that a lot of our clients, whether they be men or women, Mm. have an idea of what they want to be doing with a decision that they want to make in their business, but they're just not 100% sure and they want someone to bounce that off. Mm. And there is, like there's a gap in all sorts of areas, whether it be am I ready to hire my first employee, is my gross profit what it should be, have I priced myself correctly, all of those sorts Mm. of things that they may have an idea or a gut feel, but they're not sure how to actually get the answer yeah and might get in trouble for but i think men just fake it yeah and yeah generally and yeah fake yes exactly that's (laughs) that's, i wanted you to say it not me but (laughs) um (laughs) i genuinely think like the business people the customers the clients that we come across like yourself are just highly intelligent build amazing businesses and need and i think this is the 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 area that you've identified that that women need help is just the confidence capacity, the ability to talk it through and just go for it. And we all fake it. I think we all fake it, but women are more likely to put their hand up and say, well, I'm not quite sure about this. Can you help me? But on social media and through marketing and things like that, they've come off very confident and might well be in a lot of areas of their business, like in the marketing side or the sales side and those sorts of things, but maybe not so confident on the accounting numbers side. It's very daunting for Mm, a lot of people. I bet. I think that's, Look, I can generalise here. I think that's the difference often between men. You know, women would seek out help from people like yourself. Men just pray and and hope for the best and go ahead without seeking that advice and guidance, right? So Yeah, they they take more risks, I think. I think might be stupidity more than (laughs) (laughs) You will get yourself in trouble now. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. I can take it from that side. I can hear in your voice that the this energizes you and something you're passionate about yeah yeah i'm really passionate about it also incredibly terrified it's been a lot like a while don't since be, i've started a business <laughs> and it's more challenging than i remember so yeah mm. but i am very passionate about it and what types of businesses has has the propelled her side of the, the your go to market and everything what type of people are attracted to that community so what I, types of businesses? i'm targeting say already six figures and wanting to grow to that next level may have like one or two staff members but what we're doing is we're getting women who want to participate in all different areas of business so whether it be startup whether it be just registered for GST, which is 75, <laughs> and then <laughs> whether it be six <laughs> figures or they're already at that million-dollar mark and struggling to grow from there. And then we'll put them all together in groups that are oh, cool. from the same level so that they're all going through the same thing at the same time. Yeah, and, and I think it's is it fair to say the journey and talking about it is, is probably 80% of it, 90% of it, just having that outlet. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, the formal advice. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I think that's definitely a large part of it is accountability coaching. I think that's the key one. Setting, having a business plan, having a strategic plan, setting some goals, and then having someone that will hold you accountable to that. I know my to-do list is massive and it stays massive because no one's knocks on my door and says, hey, Katie, have you ticked off that yet? But <laughs> if you have someone that you have to meet with once a month to check how you're going, then you're going to start ticking that off. Oh, I can hear Jamie. I can hear him. <laughs> <in> your... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you think I've been brainwashed. <laughs> yeah, no, no, just there's a little voice in your head that sounds like him. <laughs> oh, that's, funny. that's good. Could be a lot worse. Could be a lot worse. He's, he's a fantastic leader in the industry. Definitely. And so the leap from sort of, you know, those la- that large corporate, environment into your own small business obviously faced obstacles and and found various times difficult what were the influences that got you through and, uh, and mentoring is a fantastic uh, contributor to that whether were there some others family support clients that type of thing that helped the journey yeah i think family support definitely but as well support from the industry Okay. I, the, the Australian accounting industry is great in terms of its recognition. Got lots of yeah. accounting awards and those sorts of things. And kind of once you start to get a name for yourself, it really eggs you on, you know, you become even more motivated yeah. to do great and not let down your fans, I guess. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so I think that had a lot to do with it. Like the, the Australian accounting industry is wonderful and there's just such a tight knit group of accountants that just support each other so much and really help mm. each other forward and to make decisions and those sorts of things yeah that makes sense we i was talking about this in a podcast yet to be released but with an with a a, a client up here scott scarano is just an amazing story but the accounting industry that we come across and what you just said sort of reinforces that but the particularly the our customer base don't see other accountants as competitive or as you know Mm. it's a peer-based kind of network i haven't seen it but he says sort of perhaps outside of our customer base it's a bit more cutthroat and perhaps in the you know top 25 firms you know they're all poaching each other's staff yeah. and they're all fighting yeah. over the same clients and audit and maybe out of the top four in aussie you know they're all a bit more cutthroat but it, i think it's great how i don't you don't see that in a lot of other industries right i don't well i don't no you don't that's right i think somehow all these accounting firms have started up and everyone has just had the same thought, which is there's enough clients for all of us. Mm. So let's not worry about it. Let's just support each other. And there was a hashtag going around, I don't know, a couple of years ago, which was community over competition. And I think that that yeah. sums it up really well. Does. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It does. It is. And we see it wherever we go, you know, UK, US, Canada, Australia. Yeah. Uh, I'm which wondering is whether, yeah. I'm wondering whether maybe zero and zero colon and those sorts of things and getting a heap of accountants in a room together was the catalyst? I don't know, but something along those terms, I think accountants started networking together, which I don't think has been done in the past. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think Zero deserves a fair bit of credit in that, for that aspect of the industry. I remember the second ZeroCon in Taupo, New Zealand, in a white tent. Amazing. There was 60 people there. Wow. And even back then, you know, like, there's probably more... <laughs> easily enough, uh, same number of zero staff than there was clients, but it was just such a communal and, and engaging discussion going on then. I mean, it's always been there. It's always, you know, the Hamish Edwardses of the world and obviously Rod and everything. Yeah. The education aspect 
of moving from desktop to cloud was so important in their success in the early days yeah. because they were fighting so hard to be heard, right? And and it wasn't a customer. It was a it was it was never a cult. That's not what it, where I want to go with it at all. But it was it was a community. It was it was yeah. it was a community yeah. that drove this movement. And remember, Zero started in two thousand six. Same year as Zendesk. Same year as a whole lot of other vertical horizontal SaaS businesses. That SaaS was barely even a concept. Yeah, and right. uh, they had to fight the. The, the inertia of the incumbents, the inertia of desktop, and it was a mm. huge battle. Mm. I think that that brought the community together. There you go. We'll, we'll yeah. give a lot of credit to the for the community aspect of the accounting industry. There we go. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and what's next for you? Where do you think you can take Propeller? I think, I mean, it's hard, you know, like I'm so happy where we are right now, but I don't want this to be where we stay forever. So I just want continued growth. I'd love to add another team and to kind of have like an office in Queensland that's led by a senior client manager and one that's in Melbourne that's led by a senior client manager with full teams mm-hmm. underneath. That would be amazing. And I really just love to keep doing great things for people. We've had an influx of leads in the last couple of months and when I asked them where they're from, they said, oh, I've seen your name all over Facebook. People keep commenting commenting that you guys are a great accountant and that's what I want. Like I want people to be yeah. talking about us because that means that we are doing yeah. a great job. Yeah. yeah. No, completely. I mean, <laughs> another funny aspect of the accounting industry is that there really is no business development or referral mm. and <laughs> feel free to build a sales team because nobody else will. Yeah. Well, Jamie probably advocates that a little bit, but... There's no reason you couldn't build client teams in in the major cities around the eastern seaboard at least, and there you go. You can get an excuse to go up to go over to Perth and yeah, build exactly. out a mi- mining industry <laughs> practice over there, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you know, I had an email actually the other day from a firm in Bali that so Bali. Oh, there you go. Offshoring. I was like, oh, I might yeah. have to get a staff member over there. I like Bali. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the um, there you go. Absolutely. I think, well, there you go. What about international expansion? There's not many Australian firms that have managed to sort of push overseas. Is it? Would that be a thing? I don't think so. Um, I mean, maybe, who knows, but maybe with Propeller for sure, but I don't think with Propeller Advisory. The business coaching side, I think, absolutely. It's just an area that seems to be highly demanded at the moment. Every second person is asking for a business coach. So if there's something that we can do here from Australia that can't be done somewhere else, then absolutely. Let's drill into that a little bit more. Do you feel like, where's your head at with Propelled Her? Do you feel like in the community and in the government situation, that type, that, you know, female-focused work is supported and that you've got a lot of momentum or is it hard work? What do you think? I think it's not supported by the government. I don't think, not in an outwardly way. The government is doing amazing Mm. things for female business startups and they've got like female Mm. founder grants and those sorts of things. They are quite hard to get. But in terms of being an advisor within that space, probably not so much or nothing that I'm aware of. But in terms of the female community out there, there's a huge amount of support there. Females are just amazing at egging each other on and lifting each other (laughs) up and everyone wants to support you and make sure that you succeed. So I think that's pretty amazing. Like I'm participating in with another group called Intentional Nature at their conference this year and people kind of, they seek out other females to be involved in what they're doing so that they can get help 
I guess, help each other get their brand out there a little bit more, which is awesome. Well, if you ever need support, please, we're there to help. Thank you. Anything that's good for our customer base, absolutely happy yeah, to do so. Yeah, absolutely. And it, do you see a day perhaps where that, that you know, the, the momentum that seems to be in there, taking that business further than, you know, a little, a small business and perhaps there's there's aspects of that that you can grow from and develop and all kinds yeah. of possibilities with a female, with your audience, right? Yeah, I think that my challenge at the moment with Propel Her is working out the scalability of it. You know, like, is it yeah. all me or can I do what I've done with Propeller Advisory and have a team underneath me that I guess respected and loved by our client base the same way, which of course we can. It's just the challenge of finding the right people, which we all know is a struggle at the moment. Worldwide. Yes. No matter what you do. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No matter what you do. No matter what you do. The uh, My guess, and I don't know anything about it, but I imagine that, that the love and collegial feel in that in your community there You'll have people that will want to sort of, you know, be more involved and you go, Katie, you know, can we work in here? Can we grow with you? Can we do something to help? I'm sure that those conversations, if they're not happening now, they'll be happening soon. Yeah, great. I hope so. (laughs) Amazing. And what about the Australian accounting industry and, you know, technology adoption, et cetera? Is it, are we well and truly through sort of the majority and everybody's on cloud now? Or you, you still sort of see some people falling behind and those that struggle with the transition? I think really we've done a pretty good job in Australia adopting cloud. I think we were kind of the leaders in cloud adoption. Yeah. And so now it's kind of the majority of the people I talk to, they're already on the cloud. The ones that aren't, say they might be using, they might not be using Xero, they might be using a server-based accounting software. They still use bits and pieces of the cloud, you know, different apps here and there. So I think everyone's using it in some capacity. Mm. And now it's just the challenge of firms have their tech stack and they're really kind of, I guess, entwined with it and used to using it and it's set up and it's running the way that works for them. Now it's, I mean, like the thought of me finding something else makes me feel like a little bit anxious, you know, like I would hate to to replace (laughs) anything that I have because... Because it all works so amazingly. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it's really important to not have that fear and to make sure that we stay innovative and we don't get left behind. But, I mean, the thought of something coming out and replacing zero, for example, gosh, it would be such a big transition. So I can't even imagine how the um, non-cloud-based firms coped with that transition. It would have been so difficult. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Australia is, well, there's no danger of anything replacing zero anytime soon, I don't think. No. And uh, Australian firms, you're right, they are partly influenced by zero, but also the Australian culture, I don't know, it's definitely sort of grounded in underdog, and but the capacity to give new things a go without sort of worrying too much about sort of the short-term disruption is... Ironically, I'm pretty sure it's ironic, not coincidental. Anybody who knows me will <laughs> be conscious of that. But, you know, like even in Silicon, you know, even San Francisco, the Bay Area, there's some very old school accountants. We, our client base is not geographically centric in the US, and but it's, it's focused on firms that are obviously technology progressive. But they're everywhere in America. You know, like you would think it's sort of the focus in, in, in the tech progressive other aspects of industries. But I think Australia, New Zealand, and even UK and Canada are ahead of the US 
in terms of their technology adoption. So I think, you know, going back to a little bit about international expansion, with your knowledge, attitude and industry experience, if that's something you wanted to do, there's very little chance of failure because of your, you know, capacity to grow in, in one of the toughest markets. Yeah, that's so interesting. Maybe it's somewhere that I need to explore for there sure. Yeah. There's not many places like Gold Coast in the UK though, so maybe not. <laughs> yeah, maybe the US. <laughs> maybe the US. Maybe the US. could imagine myself in Colorado somewhere, I think. There you go. A bit of skiing in winter and a, a bit, bit of skiing. hiking in summer. That's right. Yeah. What else comes to mind for you about where you're up to? I don't really know. I think I just want to be supporting my team, giving them an awesome place to work, giving them the flexibility that I'm so lucky to have. And the same with my clients. I think if I can help them feel a little bit better and a little bit more confident about what they're doing on a daily basis, then I've done my job. A lot of, on that, a lot of accountants express to me that the passion that they, you know, the, the thing that drives them the most is just seeing their clients grow, become successful, go on the journey with them. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, that's what you're expressing. And I'm pretty sure if we, you know, that's what your team feels as well. And the the journey that you go on with your clients and, and the connection that you have with them, I'm sure is, is very special to them and that they trust, they entrust in you. The assistance on their journey is so important. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I, it's actually funny as well, talking about, I was listening to another one of your podcasts with a lady over in Texas this morning. Um. You know, <laughs> and she was talking about how she feels her clients have grown up with her. Yeah, and it is like that. You know, like the clients that are at a similar stage in their life, a similar stage in their business, they tend to track you down. And I think because you're relatable, you know, like mm. I all of a sudden I'm having these meetings with these women that have 11 month old babies, and my son's 11 mm. months. Like, there's no way they could have known that, but it's just coincidental. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And you do. So then you then you have this journey of growing up together and really becoming mm. entwined in their businesses. And that's why I love the business advisory part of the business because I get to experience what it's like to be a hospitality owner or a plus-size fashion e-commerce business. It's really it's fun. It's, it gets me out of that accounting realm for a little bit. Yeah, you mentioned sort of professional services as kind of a conglomeration of clientele. Is, is there other industries that stimulating, exciting... Yeah, I think being a woman, this is very cliche. Fashion, e-commerce no, fashion is a big not. one for me. I enjoy it and we've helped a mm. lot of businesses kind of really come back from the brink, really, um, and that was yeah, very yeah. rewarding for me. And so I want to continue to help those people and those businesses as well. That'd be great. Yeah. The other thing as well, we acquired a small practice at the end of last year, so that was interesting and a first for me. Thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, that was good. It's an interesting thing to do. Now. Oh, yeah, that's right. After one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, I mean, it's something that Wise always promoted quite strongly um, through their program was acquisitions and growing through acquisition. I've always been quite against it thinking, no, I need the organic growth. I'm, if I'm not growing organically, I'm not successful. But we had a just an opportunity arise where a lady had a small book of fees in Queensland, which was great. Mm. That was, And she was going to go back to New Zealand for a bit. Um, and needed some extra support. And so we got to take on those clients, which was very exciting. 
At the and moment, we're just trying to bed them in. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. There you go. <laughs> how yeah. was the merger process? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we had we've only had two drop offs so far, so that was quite good. But we're still very early days. I mean, it was December at yeah. the end of February. Oh, so we'll years, see how the years, next year plans out. <laughs> yeah. That's With the right. clients, I imagine that you chose carefully and that the clientele was similar to those in your existing base? Yeah, I probably wouldn't have done it except for the fact that I met with this woman and she was incredibly similar to me. And I thought, well, if her clients love her, then they're going to like me. And very similar client base to ours in terms of the industries that she's marketing, those sorts of things. The only issue, and I probably should have done a little bit more due diligence into what she charges for her client fees. Um, too light? But too light, yeah. They're not yeah. too, too light. We can deal with it. Yeah. But, yeah, they're Maybe when you start down. sending them their new invoices, <laughs> you might right. see a that's few more drop off. That's, that's right. But I bet I'd be willing to bet by the time you get to that point in a couple of months that they, they've already had a, a, a connection with you and, and your mm. staff and and they won't mind paying the extra because, you know, the value that, that they receive and and the way that you look after them and yeah and, and that they the can see going on the journey with you i mean that's yeah and those that balk at the at a 20 percent, 30 percent, even 50 percent raise i don't know what the i don't i don't want to get ahead of it but um well <laughs> welcome that and because of the way that you treat them and and the way that uh you know you can help yeah, that's right. That's what we hope. And also, like I'm finding, we offer a larger range of services. So we're already um, picking up a fair extra amount of fees through things like quarterly advisory meetings and those sorts of things, which is great. Really good. That's wonderful. Well, the the future is bright, Katie. The future is really Thank bright. Mm, hope so. <laughs> <laughs> no more COVID, please. No, no, I think the world is over it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, everyone's had it now, right? Yeah, pretty much. we were early adopters and uh got through it but um yeah i mean i think socially emotionally the world the world is just uh completely done yeah absolutely and it's funny actually i was thinking about it the other day how in the last two years the mindset around it and people's attitude around it is totally different it's gone Hmm. totally from fear to complete acceptance and everyone's just getting on with their lives which is wonderful yeah and every country's experience was different and yeah. And, uh, well, you know, like uh, your former Premier promoted the immigration from Victoria. So there you go. The Queensland should thank him. Mm, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Katie Bright, it's been an absolute pleasure. Congratulations on all your thank success you. so far and, and everything that you do for the industry, your clients and your community groups. It's, uh, you know, really impressive to see. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And thanks so much for having me on. It's been great to chat. Anytime, Katie. Anytime. Enjoy the rest of Mexico. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you found this discussion interesting, fun, you'll find lots more to help you run a successful accounting firm at Carbon Magazine. There are more than a 1,000 free resources there, including guides, articles, templates, webinars, and more. Just head to carbonhq.com slash resources. I'd also love it if you could leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to this podcast. Let us know you like this session. We'll be able to keep bringing you more guests for you to learn from and get inspired by. Thanks for joining and see you in the next episode of the Accounting Leaders Podcast.